Hello, you are listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. And I don't think I have any any rambling to do at the beginning, I think. I don't know. I'm pooped. I thought it was a good idea to do yard work before recording this. Mm-hmm. So I am le tired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I worked... Most of the morning, but I don't know, made dinner, cleaned around the house. Just kind of a normal day for once. Nothing, nothing to really note here. Yeah, I also worked my normal day, but man, and I can tell I am not used to uh, like laborious work anymore. Yeah. Because I feel like I, my wrist is swollen from mowing the lawn. Yeah, no, sometimes like if the lawnmowers don't have that thing that pulls it along, uh, it's not fun. It's not no. fun. I did some other stuff besides that, but I just, my body is hurting. Yeah. That's all I have to report. Nothing, <laughs> nothing else exciting in my life. Right. So sorry to be boring, but... I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> Happy Thursday. That's Yay. all. And it's the last Thursday of the month, which means... Yes. This is our anniversary episode. It does. Oh, I like how I'm like, there's nothing to talk about. And there, <laughs> there is something to talk about. This, so, two years ago, on August 27th, I believe, was our first episode. Yes. Yeah. 2020. Yeah, so it's been... It's been two years already, which a lot has happened in two years for oh, yeah. for the podcast, for us personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wild. It's been a wild time. I know. I feel like we should have prepared a speech of like what we've liked and our favorites, or our ups and downs of the last two years. But, you know, the whole thing has just been a journey. I don't... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I feel like some people make things more, you know, celebratory and momentous, and I'm just like... We downplay so much stuff. We do. We really do. Maybe we shouldn't, but, I mean, happy two years. Thanks for sticking around this right. long. <laughs> Thanks been for around the whole those time. of you that have, like, jumped on along the way. Oh, we yeah. We appreciate it. We've had... I mean, it's slowly growing. We have people coming mm-hmm. out and giving their support and words of encouragement and we appreciate that and then the people who've been here since day one we also appreciate yeah absolutely but I, and it just so happened to line up like we really didn't plan this but no like i wish we would have had this forethought but yeah the our little united states alphabet our two-year anniversary happens to land in indiana <laughs> so what are what are the odds and we wanted to pick something, uh, we wanted to go big, because in we've traveled all over Indiana. We've gone all the way up north by Michigan, we've gone all the way south, and everywhere in between it kind of feels like. So we were trying to come up with a place to cover that we aren't necessarily going to visit or be able to visit. Yes. By chance. Yeah. Perhaps. So, after a little bit of looking, it kind of, it dawned on us there is a very well-known place in Indiana. I mean, so much so it made, like, a national news, I yes, guess. Yes, it made national news. It's been 
featured in multiple, I, I would assume multiple TV shows mm-hmm. and yep. whatnot. So that means you may have heard of this if you're in, you know, in all this spooky stuff and been following, you've probably come across this. But this is the Demon House mm-hmm. in Gary, Indiana. Yes. Have you ever been in Gary? No, I've not. So I have. And no friend, no offense to my friends that are from Gary or around the Gary area. I think those of us that live in Indiana know that Gary is like... It's the it, it's like, you know, the dark shadowy area you don't go to because mm. it's scary. Yeah. They're not wrong. I'll be honest. Like, I drove down the main strip of Gary, and first of all, it's a very industrial town. Uh, uh-huh. You're getting up near the Great Lakes, so it's just, like, all these factories along the lakes, and right. on the main strip of road, mm-hmm. it looked abandoned. Like, most of the buildings were boarded up, graffitied, busted out windows. Mm-hmm. I was like, what in the world? So Yeah. Oh, we'll get into it. And, um, I mean, that was... That was like eight, oh gosh, I guess like eight to ten years ago. But even still, it was a, uh, it was something. It hasn't improved much, and I'll cover <laughs> that in in the first segment. But the reason why we picked the Demon House is because we physically cannot visit this place. Not because it's a house or somebody lives. I'm. It is a house, but not because somebody lives there. But it's because it. Um, well, I guess I will get into it. Okay. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll save it, but we cannot visit this place. Yeah. It's a nice big place, but no no possibility, so we feel safe covering, covering it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's part most of the reason why we picked it. Um, all right, so, and I'm going to have to, I put my notes in a weird order, so I'm going to have to skip around. Bear with me. Okay. Uh, like I said... The Demon House is located in Gary, Indiana, which is very, very north Indiana, um, really close to Chicago, actually. Yeah. I mean, relatively close. I mean, it's probably like a 20-minute train ride. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe a little more, but... Yeah. It's located in Lake County, and it's on the south shore of Lake Michigan. It, oh, here we go. It's 25 miles east of downtown Chicago. So very close. And honestly, it is just faster to take a train up there, especially if you're going from like the region, quote unquote. That's apparently what people call it here. I think it's don't. No offense. <laughs> Maybe I'm just, I don't know, bitter by it because of an ex. But mm-hmm. that's not the point. Like trying to drive over to Chicago, I would rather die. Just take a train. <laughs> um. Now, I'm trying to decide if I want to read it in the order that I've put it in or skip it. Would you rather get uh, the specs of Gary first? Okay. Or? Or would you rather get the history of Gary? Uh, I want the specs first. Okay. Yeah. So I want to know what I'm dealing with. As of 2022, they have a population of 66,853 people. So, darn near identical to here. To Terre Haute, yes. Uh, It has been declining, though, at about 1.65% annually. That's pretty Mm -hmm. significant. It's not great. Um, And we'll 
get to why. I had to grab some of these numbers that we don't normally grab just because of where it's at. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to pick on Gary, but it was at one point labeled the murder capital of the world. I believe. Yes. At the very least, the United States. Yeah, the murder capital of the nation or something, but... um, it was a very, it, not a good place to live. Yeah, I mean, it was right up there. I'm sure it was top five uh, most dangerous or... Oh, I've got you know, some numbers. You, okay, I was going to say, <laughs> I know it's been in a list of like places you don't want to live. Yeah. Right up there with Detroit. Don't you fret. I've got some numbers. Um, now, we'll go with the racial breakdown of Gary. Now, this is a first, and I will actually talk about this too when i talk about the history of the city but at 77.91 percent is african-american i am not surprised Mm -hmm. because i think because i'm from indiana Mm -hmm. and because i know and also i'm just filling in blanks here and you will probably get there let's just go ahead and call it like we see it Mm -hmm. it is an impoverished city Oh, it yeah. is in shambles. Mm-hmm. It is, like I said, looks darn near abandoned on the main strip. Mm-hmm. It, it was the murder capital of the world. And wouldn't you know, the whole country gentrified oh. <laughs> and left Gary in the dust. So, of course, it would be predominantly African-American. Hang on to your butts, because I got a whole story about what happened to Gary. Yeah. I'm not going to get on any soapbox today, because we all know, but like... You're going to have just... to bite your tongue hard. Cause... It's just so stupid. <laughs> um, I know, I... I went down a dangerous path, but I feel like there was some stuff that needed to be covered. I, I will just drink my grape soda and do you, that. You keep going. You should get a straw so you can just like continually drink. Anyway, 77.91% is African American. Mm-hmm. 14.54% is white. That is so big. Yes. Uh, two or more races is 4.46. Other races is 2.69. Asian is 0.26. Native American, 0.11, and Native Hawaiian is 0.03. We do not have a 0%. That's, I don't know if we've done that yet. And Yeah, we haven't done that either. Mm-hmm. So that is a first. The median age of Gary is 37.5, pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, males is 35.4, where females is 40.4. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> My, I'm going to keep painting you know generalizations mm-hmm. but being the murder capital of the world i feel like that mostly falls on male shoulders yeah uh attack like of the aggressor and the you know person who receives the aggression mm-hmm. so that makes sense to me that the lifespan of males is lower mm-hmm. yeah here comes some unfortunate numbers mm-hmm. average household income of Gary, Indiana. Average average household income. Household. Everyone in the home, what they're bringing to I'm the gonna table. I'm going to guess it's under 50. It is under 50. Mm-hmm. It is 31,315. <sighs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my That's God. for everyone. Not a single person. That's for everybody. That's for the household. Um. Now, these are numbers I don't, we don't normally grab. We've never grabbed, actually. But I did grab just because Gary did at one point take the title of murder capital of the world. Okay. Are we doing crime stats? We are doing crime stats. Yes. (laughs) Um, 
I grabbed pretty much all of them just because it listed all, not every single city in Indiana, but every city that participated or provided these numbers. And I believe it was 82 out of 82 cities Mm -hmm. in Indiana. This is the ranking where they fall. Mm -hmm. So for violent crime, I don't know what, this isn't like murder, but just it's not even assault because that's a separate violent crime we'll just violent yeah. crime they are 16th okay and the out of 82 in in the state yes this is just the state of indiana did you grab number ones just out of curiosity i didn't but i will i'm you'll willing be surprised. to bet indianapolis is number one uh, on violent crime, Indy's up there, but I can't remember if they're number one on that. Now, I will say I was shocked to see some of the cities up there, but when you get to the smaller cities with like less than 10,000 people, right. the numbers are so skewed. The numbers skewed. are really, yeah. If you have 10 people commit a crime, that's like... It's like, whoa, look out. Yeah. So, because this doesn't mean a lot to anyone except for people living around us i guess locally clinton indiana was in the top 10 that's because they have a population of less than three thousand. yeah they ended up in the top 10 for a lot of these because their population's less than three thousand. but i just there's nothing in clinton except that dairy queen like (laughs) unless there is another clinton indiana which i can't imagine there being um yeah it was up there it definitely caught my eye because it's close to us yeah um the next one i'm gonna grab is i'm gonna skip over this one and save that for last well it doesn't matter whatever um so for rape sorry Mm -hmm. it is 25th out of 82 so pretty it's low ish well now again let's this is just we're gonna call this episode generalization Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts on that, it doesn't surprise me because I guarantee the higher ranked cities are going to be cities with universities, mm-hmm. like, because that's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I should say that this is as of 2018, this ranking. So let right. me go ahead and say that. I guess too. like notable universities, every, there's probably universities scattered everywhere, but IU, Purdue, my goodness gracious, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, isn't like Vincent's, mm-hmm. um, you know, IUPUI, mm-hmm. uh, all of the just those right. are probably the hotbeds. Well, it's also reported crimes, so not necessarily. Yeah, that's yeah. All these numbers are still are based skewed. off of yes, reported things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robbery. They are the fourth. That makes sense. That tracks, yeah. Assault is 30th. Oh, okay. Property crime is 13th. Mm-hmm. Burglary is third, so... Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like the petty crime stuff... Sorry for the hard P. The mm-hmm. petty crime stuff is mm-hmm. uh, probably up there. Motor theft is second. Okay, yeah, there it is. And murder, they are number one. Good in the state them. of Indiana. That's obviously a joke. I don't know why that was my response. So they will definitely kill you, definitely steal your car, mm-hmm. and break into your house and steal things. But they m- might not sexually assault you. Which, like, <laughs> or there's um, that's the silver lining. Assault you. They'll just go straight to killing you. They won't assault you, but they'll go straight to killing you. Which I appreciate that, I guess. Just make it quick, yeah. I guess. <laughs> But I had to grab some of those numbers because I wanted to show you this. Well, I zoomed in and like my screen shook. I wanted to show you this 
graph because Gary is the blue line, Indiana is the orange line, and then the United States is the green line. Mm -hmm. This is where everyone was in those years, which I believe... Oh, I wish I would have wrote down what this one was. I want to say this is probably violent crime. It's probably the first one I grabbed. But even with violent crime, or that's for murder, it has to be because I wanted to grab number one. They've always been higher, like per capita, significantly higher. And I have a question because the writing is very small. Yes, I know. What years are the peaks? Um, 2008 and Mm -hmm. 2013. Oh, so you're saying when the first black president was elected and when he left office. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm, listen, guys, I'm not dumb. (laughs) I, I, I got this. Yeah. Oh, I know. It didn't, uh, didn't escape me. Yeah. Not, well, he didn't leave office then, but... Things, he was on his uh, things way were out. getting volatile because he i mean he got his no that no because that would be his second term. second term that's right yeah so interesting hmm it's weird how those things might coincide yep um now here's here's where you're gonna have to bite your tongue and we are gonna have to just try <laughs> so hard not to go on a Listen, tangent I, we are two white girls from Terre Haute, indiana so obviously take whatever opinions we have especially on things that do not pertain to us with a grain of salt right we have so much privilege not the most privileged but we are privileged you got more than me get out of here uh, i there i'm aware of the tears (laughs) here (laughs) i'm a step above you but i'm still not great like (laughs) stop no that's true but no we don't always know exactly what we're talking about we don't have like perfect opinions on that like Mm -mm. we just believe that like people should be able to live their lives and like why is that such a hard concept to grasp Mm -hmm. anyway um this is gonna be my last tidbit about the city itself and then we will get into the actual house uh because this just i had to include this even though i'm gonna just try so hard not to veer off from it Mm -hmm. um i just wanted to to notate this because of the high um percentage of african americans in this city yes i wanted to see why what's going like what's what's the deal uh just because i mean okay here look i'm already going (laughs) off yeah i'm gonna read what i pulled here and i think this was all just from wikipedia i didn't notate it so that's probably where i got it the the city itself i did skip over this is named after albert henry gary who was the founding chairman of united states steel corporation that's why it looks so industrial Mm -hmm. because there is a ton of steel mills there yeah that's what it's based off of that's we went to a friend's house and i got very confused and thought we were very lost because we were going through like driving next to the smokestacks that you see Mm -hmm. off in the distance like we were driving by those going through like a gravel yard and it's like yeah. oh their apartment's like behind that smokestack yeah yep it says they're known for their large steel mills and the birth pla- birthplace of the jackson families that would be the jackson five michael mm-hmm. jackson janet jackson all them mm-hmm. that's that's a fun fact you won't get many of those i do have a couple more actually but <laughs> some lighthearted things i'll save the so we can like bring the mood back up here's where all right here we go <laughs> It started as a pretty diverse city as far as race goes, but after white flight or white exodus, uh-huh. you, 
you heard me, white exodus, mm-hmm. uh, which if you want to know what that means, white exodus is the sudden or gradual large scale migration of white people from areas becoming more racially or ethno ethnoculturally diverse. <laughs> they really got scared. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not kidding. It's it's believed that it occurred in response to the population pressure from the large migration of African Americans coming from rural areas in the South to urban cities in the North. So they're all escaping the South. They went North, and white people said, <gasps> and they ran. That's so, <laughs> they ran. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, no comments. Mm-hmm. One historian, her name is Amanda Seligman. Seligman, I guess, thinks the phrase is a misnomer. The phrase "white exodus," um, whose use should be reconsidered. In her studies, she argues that the phrase misleads people, suggesting that white people immediately departed when African Americans showed up, when in fact, many defended their space with violence, intimidation, or legal tactics. I yes, see. much I w- better. I was wondering why. She, I was like, uh-oh, is she like in favor of the white ex? No, it's because no. she says it's like, gl- like glossing over the fact that like they fought, quote-unquote, fought for their land Mm -hmm. and like what's worse it's white people running because people of color are coming or they stay and fight with violence like i don't know i don't know what's worse that is (sighs) anyway (laughs) in the 1970s it held the nation's highest percentage gary did held the highest percentage of african americans for several decades like in the whole nation Mm -hmm. it had the highest african-american population I'm just, like I said, maybe because we're from Indiana, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, here's some of these fun facts. This one's not fun, but we'll lighten it up, I swear. Okay. In 1919, there was a steel strike, and on 10 uh, October 4th, 1919, a riot broke out that lasted three days before the Indiana governor declared martial law. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why the Why the waiting? I don't know. And I didn't get a ton of the information. I read it and thought that was interesting, I guess is the word I'm going to use. But just because I don't know how often martial law is enacted, not often, I -hmm. believe that's like a last resort thing. Because that's when you let the military take over and they are calling the shots as far as like how to handle things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. all right, now here's fun facts. Yay, let's let's Yay. lighten it. See, look, we didn't we did so good. We didn't go. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, I'm sure you have so much to say, but I always have a lot to say. All right, here we go. Fun facts, actual fun facts. The 1957 Broadway musical The Music Man features the song <gasps> oh, called Gary Indiana. I don't. That's true. That is true. <laughs> In 1996, urban film Original Gangsters, which I <laughs> not seen, was filmed in the city as well as the 2009 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. It was filmed in Gary. That, oh, the whole thing? I think just scenes. But that's or still... No, it says the 2009 remake it doesn't say scenes because there is actually a specification that scenes from transformers dark of the moon was filmed there what interesting Mm -hmm. so just a couple scenes but i guess the whole entirety of the remake of 
Nightmare on Elm Street was filmed there is what I, I is, that's what it's leading me to understand. This sounds terrible, but because of the high crime rate, I'm surprised that they do that. Right. I, I'm sure they've got security and they've blocked off certain areas and things like that. But yeah. Uh, last fun fact is John Mellencamp sings about Gary in the song Minutes to Memories. Mm-mm. Yeah. Which I'm not familiar with that song. <coughs> Sorry. Goodness sakes. <coughs> I just got so excited about John Mellencamp. Yay. <laughs> no, well, Indiana loves John Cougar Mellencamp. I tell you what. And I think he loves us. I He's from us. <laughs> Say, he Where's sings he from? about us He's enough. from... Um, I don't know. I don't oh, really poop. care. <laughs> I can't remember where he's from, but which I'm sure Indiana people are like screaming at at the, your speakers right now. Sorry, I, I just we're gonna don't get a really text message. Yeah. I know. That's why I said I don't care. Yeah, not really. All right, so let's get into the actual demon house. Now that we've set the scene of Gary, it's all right, we we know how we feel going into this. Yeah. So to have a house called the Demon House is like. Can it get any worse? (laughs) Can it? All right. So the demon house is also known as the Amons or Ammons house or house uh, 200 demons house. Okay. That's pretty on the nose. Mm -hmm. They also call it the Amons haunting case is another name for this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Amons hard A. That's funny because I think my whole time reading my notes, I was saying Ammons whatever um tomato tomato maybe whatever you choose to say if i would have watched like actual uh interviews and stuff i probably would have known but or i think i did and i have just forgotten it doesn't i really watched matter. and i kept listening like making sure to listen for names to be said and mm-hmm. as far as i know i didn't hear any yeah all right let's get into the house in 2011, Latoya Amons, her mother Rosa Campbell, and her three children claimed paranormal activity occurred in this residence. That residence being, I actually had the address somewhere in here. Pee and poop. I'll come across it. I'm sure it's somewhere here in my I notes. I, I, told, I told you it's all over the place. Oh, it's okay. Oh, yeah. Here, I'm looking right at it. Anyway, the residence located at 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. There we go. The Their story wasn't actually publicized until January of 2014, and it received national attention. Mm-hmm. In November of 2011, that's when they moved in. Sorry. I... I this big grand pause to say (laughs) that's when they moved in november 2011 but a few days after the family moved in it took no time at all this is going to sound very familiar to another very popular story Mm -hmm. Um, after they moved in they claimed that black flies swarmed the porch in december and kept returning even after the family believed they killed them Uh, and she in in an interview i saw she said horse flies i heard that which too. like mm-hmm. oh my god i know in december in indiana horse up, flies at all are a nightmare right up by lake michigan N- no. come on no way Mm-mm. now this information i'm pulling from the indie star but i don't remember when the article was published i didn't write that down whoops a daisy mm-hmm. um and i only wrote the last name because i'm super smart but the 
His last name is Austin. He is a 36-year veteran of the Gary Police Department. Said he initially thought that the Indianapolis resident Latoya Amons and her family concocted this tale as a way to make money. If anyone's familiar with Amityville, this is like sounding... Pretty much the same. Yeah, just play-by-play the same up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, after several visits to the home uh, by Austin he and interviews with witnesses, he, simp- he said simply, I am a believer. Mm-hmm. This story led one of the most unusual cases ever... Oh, my God. Ever handled by the Department of Child Services. The many of the events that were detailed in nearly 800 pages of official records obtained by the Indianapolis Star had recounted more than a dozen interviews with police, DCS personnel, psychologists, family members and a Catholic priest. Mm hmm. Latoya Amons is a religious believer who has a high superstition quotient, I believe is what uh, that is. Mm -hmm. So this is, is this the one I pulled from? It was called like the skeptic. Oh, dang. Why? I didn't like notate or um, uh, pull any of the website names. I don't know why I always do that. And this time I didn't. But this one I think is the skeptic something. So. Oh, uh, I. Why do I feel like I came across what you're talking about? Yeah, I cannot remember what it was called. I feel dumb now. I can't either. I believe that's what this is from. So they say that LaToya believes in invisible entities and consults clairvoyants, one of whom told her the house was infested with demons. She insisted to Inside Edition, which is a TV show, (laughs) that she said, quote, I know for a fact that this place is infested with demons. And that was in 2014 is when she did that interview. Mm Mm-hmm. At the suggestion of one of the two clairvoyants who claimed the house was filled with more than 200 demons, a frightened Amons created an altar in the basement where the terrifying events were believed to have begun. Uh, It consisted of a statue of the Holy Family with Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, and a white candle and incense burner. The Gary police observed multiple religious shrines and Bibles throughout the home. So she is trying to protect her family, if you will. Yeah. She told the medical personnel that her home had various demons and evil spirits due to someone dying in the home. I don't know if this is true. I had a hard time finding information about the house previously, which is why I'm giving you general information now without like encroaching, without encroaching on the uh, actual hauntings, I guess. Okay. Um, where was I at? I shouldn't have moved my finger. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, (laughs) She also said that she had taken the children to various temples and churches to remove the demons. Okay. One psychologist said of Amons that she did not appear to be experiencing symptoms of psychosis, but another wondered whether her religious, religious, I cannot say this word to save my soul religiosity that's a word it is now 
they don't know with her belief in religion mm-hmm. was masking underlying delusional ideations of perceptual disturbances. Mm-hmm. Several professionals concluded that the children were acting deceptively in accordance with the mother's beliefs. For example, a psychologist who evaluated the youngest son reported that he tended to act possessed whenever he was challenged or redirected or when he was asked questions that he did not want to answer. Mm -hmm. So this person, this article is essentially breaking down everything and explaining why it's not a haunting. But at the same time, so many people witnessed it. And when I read through the skeptics article, it's just... It's almost the same as like saying they come up with came up with all of these things to say the house was haunted mm-hmm. and you're doing the same thing by coming up with something to write it off as natural occurrence. Yeah. So who's telling the truth here? I don't know because I'll I'll cover a couple other things that they said just because I do want to give that perspective of people who say this isn't true, but with as many witnesses as there were and with it gaining national attention I'm. I don't know. I guess you have to decide for yourself after hearing it. Yeah. Um. Where was I at? I keep losing my spot. So sorry. <laughs> That's fine. So she went on. Uh, Latoya went on to observe that the boys, not Latoya, the um, psychologist. Okay. She went on to observe that the boy seemed both coherent and logical, except when he was talking about demons. That's when his stories became bizarre, fragmented, and illogical, she said, adding that the stories changed every time he related to them. The psychologist also determined that the boy did not have an actual psychotic disorder, concluding, quote, This appears to be an unfortunate and sad case of a child who has been induced into a delusional system perpetuated by his mother and potentially reinforced. Mm-hmm. As a consequence of their evaluations, the DCS removed the children from Amons, and I don't know if you came across that or not. Yeah. The agency stated that she needed to employ alternate forms of discipline not directly related to religion and demon possession. So quit pushing your religious beliefs on your children because you're freaking them out. Yeah. Essentially yeah. is what they're saying. Well, it's it's almost... I almost don't know how I feel about it because like at every turn they're like, you're acting this way because of your religion. Mm-hmm. And it feels a little... Like, everyone is allowed to believe whatever they want to believe. That's that's the beauty of mm-hmm. choice. But, like, d- just everything they're chalking up to, well, because of your religion, like... It's kind of like a chicken or the egg situation to me. Mm-hmm. She was already religious and then start these things started happening. Or did these things start happening and then she became super religious? I, I don't know. Or they happened because she was religious. You know, it's just... Again, this person just keeps coming up with excuses to write off everything her and her family said, Mm -hmm. uh, which you'll talk about it. And I may throw in what the skeptic had to say about these instances, because I was like, okay, you're really I almost feel like you're grasping at straws now. Not that every haunting is real. Of course, there are people who fabricate things, but this just seems like a lot going on. Mm hmm. I'll I'll go ahead and finish up my segment now. Uh, As the consequences of their evaluations, DCS removed the children. They said, stop putting your religious beliefs on to your kids. You're 
you're scaring them. And she was permitted to have supervised visitations with them. After about six months, they were returned to her in November of 2012. So Mm -hmm. a year after this happened. Meanwhile, outrageously, no fewer than four exorcisms were performed on her by a priest named Michael L. Maganot or Magno, maybe? Yeah. One with his bishop's official permission, though not on the children who were allegedly possessed. So they did exorcisms on Latoya, not her kids. Mm-hmm. Amons now says her children left their demons behind, but she credits God, not the, psycho- not the psychologist or DCS, with resolving the family's problems. Mm-hmm. So this person seems kind of anti-religious yeah. to me. It, it seems that way, yes. And that may be why they are so skeptic of the whole situation, because... Whether you're talking about God or whether you're talking about demons, you're still alluding to religion on either side. And they're like, ugh, religion, not real. Yeah. But that's all I had. I really wanted more on the history of the house. Like she said, somebody died there. That was really hard to find just because all the media that I came across is so saturated with the hauntings. Mm -hmm. It was hard to pick out the information that didn't include that information so that's really all i have i mean that's yeah it's i feel like other investigations well sort of other investigations have been done at this house other than this family i mean most notably i don't think we've mentioned it yet no uh demon it's coined demon house because someone ended up buying the property Mm -hmm. out from whoever the uh you know, the landlord was at the time. Yeah. That's someone being Zach Bagans of Ghost Adventures. Yes. (laughs) Of course he did. Look, it caught his attention, so something was going on there. Yes. So, like, I think we're both just kind of covering this family because it's what brought the this house into, like, the national light of paranormal and Mm -hmm. just, like, craziness in general. But yeah, Zach Beggins purchased it and then promptly destroyed it, yeah. which is part of why we can't go, mm-hmm. because he deemed it so saturated. Yeah, he did his investigation, but then after investigating, said no one should step foot in this house. It is riddled with demons and mm-hmm. ghosts and spirits. And he believed that so much so that he had the house demolished. Yeah, which I don't know if that was the right thing to do. If there really is something in that house, was did he just like release something into the world? Or I don't. I I feel like some he should have done some type of ritual before just destroying the house, which he may have. I guess. Yeah, he. My guess is he probably did. But even if yeah. it's just he burned some sage, even though that's really not what you're supposed to do. No. But anyway, so I am also going to cover the family that gave this house its namesake, the Ammons. I said Ammons. I'm sorry, family. All right. <laughs> you say, I'm, oh, I thought you were saying, I'm sorry, family. Like, oh, fam? No. No. <laughs> sorry, family. Let's go on. No. And actually, I feel bad because I also used the Indie Star article because okay. it was a lengthy lengthy article 
mm-hmm. a good article, but I'm going to try not to repeat so much. Well, I, I think we do have two different articles. Uh, I know what one you came across. There was... There were a couple. Yes. What do you know? What your yours was written? I do. I actually have the exact date. It was January twenty fifth, twenty fourteen. Okay. And it, it has been republished January twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. Okay. Maybe I did grab some of the same information, but I tried. I tried not to. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I think well, because some of the things you said are almost verbatim in mine, but I think it's one of those situations. That also makes you wonder if these were different interviews, mm-hmm. things that are practiced and said exactly the same way make me, nah. like, psychologically speaking, we know that that's a red flag. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's the same article or if it's the same interview that was pulled to more multiple articles or if this was different interviews. Point mm-hmm. is, I'm going to try not to reiterate too much. Okay. So, as we learned, Ammon, a woman, three children, they claim to be possessed by demons. All of them, actually. Oh, Latoya said she was, too. Yes. So, she, I know you said it was kind of like, why weren't the exorcisms done on the boys? But actually, like, ultimately, she ended up being, like, the catalyst for all of it. I don't know. Like, they did believe that she was possessed and did exorcisms on her why they weren't done on the boys i don't know their age maybe yeah well and there was even a daughter that claimed to have experienced things but nothing was done to her either right so there was a nine-year-old boy (laughs) i like almost want to skip that this is their little like intro you know what do you call this? Get to know you. <laughs> or no, intro paragraph that like grabs your attention. You're like, ooh, I'm going to keep reading this. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm going to save that because I didn't realize it said right in the beginning, like, the big scary thing that happened. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm just going to skip that and go on. In November 2011, Ammon's family moved into the rental house on Ca- Carolina Street in Gary, a quiet lane lined with small one-story homes. Uh, the black flies that Megan mentioned suddenly swarmed the screened-in porch in December. Uh, Ammon's mother, uh, Rosa Campbell, said that it was not normal. Like, that, like she remembers thinking, this is not normal. We killed them and killed them and killed them, but they kept coming back. Mm-hmm. That's so, like, weird. Gross. Uh, there were other strange happenings as well. After midnight, Campbell... So we've got Campbell, who is the grandmother... Ammons, who is the Latoya, the mm-hmm. mother, and then the three children. And Campbell and Ammons both said they occasionally heard the steady clump of footsteps climbing the basement stairs <laughs> and the creak of the door opening between the basement and the kitchen. Look, that's bad enough. Yep, no, you, it, I mean, right there, demon house, done, yeah, bye. I'm out. Uh, no one was there, of course. Even after they locked the door, the noise continued, including that you know, the door, the creak of the door swinging open, even though the door was locked. <laughs> yeah. Campbell said she awoke one night and saw a shadowy figure of a man pacing her living room. Get... Uh-uh. She leapt out of bed to investigate and found large, wet boot prints. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like Yikes. physical evidence of what she saw. Uh-huh. On March 10th, 2012, Campbell said the family's unease turned to fear. Ooh, spooky. 
It was about 2 a.m. Normally, Campbell Ammons and her children would have been asleep, but they were all mourning the death of a loved one with a group of friends. As you do. Oh, okay. Ammons, who was in Campbell's bedroom, startled everyone by screaming, Mama, Mama. Like, she's yelling for her mom. I'm not... Latoya is? Yes, Latoya is yelling for her mom, Rosa. Oh, okay. Uh... So Rosa said she ran into her bedroom where her then 12-year-old granddaughter and a friend were staying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latoya and Rosa said the 12-year-old was levitating above the bed unconscious. Oh. And these women, like I, the interview that I watched with them, they looked like they're probably 40-something and 60-something or so. Uh-huh. Like I feel like this is probably a safe range. And I feel like especially a woman who at the time was 60, so now probably definitely in her 70s, especially, and then they are an African-American family. Uh Uh-huh. They are, I feel like that age and that demographic typically isn't like, ooh, ghosts. Like, I feel like that's not, not their. Right. I don't, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I feel like she wouldn't walk in and be like, my granddaughter's levitating. Like, Mm -hmm. just, it's not something you would want to make up. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil everything, I guess. Like, I don't want to interject with everything, but the, the skeptic, I do remember some of the comments they made with the levitating. They said, if you look, they could very easily be explained with her jumping on the bed. And then if the mother walked in at just the right moment it would look like she's levitating and he had some scientific word for it you know how when you catch you turn around look at the clock as the second hand's moving or mostly with digital clocks and Mm -hmm. you're like man that second was a long time yeah i mean that's such a weird thing but you know what i'm talking about i guess yeah apparently there's a word for that and they said she walked in just as the girl was jumping so it looked like she was levitating unconscious yeah apparently uh you know that does sound like grasping at straws Mm -hmm. sorry i'm sorry that's what i did want she said mom come in here and 60 year old grandma comes running in walking in whatever and the girl still had time to levitate that's longer than a second i'm sorry so where was i uh, right. She was levitating unconscious. According to the account of events, Ammons and several others surrounded the girl praying. Campbell said she remembered being terrified. She thought, what's going on? What's happening? Eventually, Campbell said her granddaughter descended onto the bed. Eventually, you know, that split second later after everybody ran in, surrounded her, prayed. Yes. Then she fell. We all just blinked for a really long time. Yeah. He essentially claims the, the whole family's lying and did this for money. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just all very happenstance that all the people who witnessed it, there's logical explanations for Is it. Is this also the person that was just pooping on her religion the whole time? Yes. Okay. Well, there we go. I don't, I don't know if there isn't some underlying race stuff there either. Let's be honest. I Yeah, I didn't look into the person who wrote the article, so it's... Well, because, can't say. Yeah, because not only are they religious, I believe... I'm not sure if this is their religion, but I know that they involve the Catholic Church, so I'm guessing it's Catholicism, which is also kind of like... I don't... Some people just, whatever, frown... Mm-hmm. Not frown upon it. They're like, stick their nose up at it. Yeah. Okay, so... 
She descended onto the bed. The girl woke up with no memory of what happened. Campbell and Ammon said the people who were visiting that night refused to ever return. Okay. Which, I mean, kind of fair. I feel that. Campbell says she remembers telling her daughter, we need help, we need to talk to someone who knows how to deal with this. And Campbell and Ammon said they didn't know exactly what it was, but they believed it was something supernatural. They called local churches. The churches refused to listen. And I mean, like, honestly, if someone called you and they're like, look, my house is possessed, we like paranormal stuff, but you immediately be like, mm, I don't is know, homie. Though? Yeah, is it really... So it's just kind of one of those things you look back on it and you're like, why didn't they just believe them? It's because if someone called you right now and said, come over quick, my granddaughter was just levitating on the bed and the house is possessed, like, would you really believe it? I mean, I'd go over to see, but... (laughs) I just want to check it out. Right. Just curious. Okay. Eventually, after listening to Campbell and Ammons talk about the house, visiting it, what have you... There was one church that finally told them, like, yo, you got some spirits. (laughs) They recommend the family clean the home with bleach and ammonia and then use oil to draw crosses on every door and window. Which I've never heard the bleach and ammonia thing. Like, usually just, like, holy water, Hail Marys. I don't know. Not Hail Marys, but. Yeah. Now, I will say the house that I moved into that I bought, I caught it one day when the sun was hitting the doors just right. But there were definitely uh crosses on my doors with oil oh like the house you're in right now yes i saw it on our bedroom door and i would like move the door and i asked john to come look i said um what's on our door and it's definitely in the shape of a cross on both our bedroom and what is now the nursery oh i don't know if that was just like a general blessing of the house like if one of the previous owners was catholic and that's just a thing they do normally I don't um, know. Meanwhile, I said I had that big handprint on my basement door. So we have two very different homes. We, yeah. <laughs> so uh, at the church's suggestion, they, you know, put the olive oil on the doors. They actually put them on their children as well, on their hands and feet, and put the oil on their foreheads in the shape of the cross. Uh, they, Like you said, they reached out to clairvoyance. The person said, like, yo, you got at least... Two de- like two two demons. You got, you got two demons. Hella demons in here. Exactly. <laughs> you got at least two hundred demons or more. That's gotta uh, be at least ten. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, so the they it said their explanation of there being two hundred plus demons made sense to Campbell and Ammons because it meshed with their Christian faith. In this article, also they focus heavy on the like. Their religion is what made this all possible. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. understand that, but okay. So, Clairvoyant said, best thing you can do is get out of there. But, I mean, this is an impoverished city. They don't have a lot of money. Like, yeah. they couldn't just up and leave because they couldn't afford it. So, they built this altar in the basement instead. And covered an end table with a white sheet, white candles, the Jesus, Mary, Joseph. And left a Bible open at the verse psalm 91 oh. which i had that verse all written out but like it's long and it's just like stay out of our home please and thanks it's a like protection saying pretty jesus much it's just like w- as long as i've got jesus by my side like nothing's gonna hurt me right god protects his house so back off <laughs> yeah yeah get out of here <laughs> uh so they did that and then ammon said nothing happened in the house for three days 
and then it got worse so it's like the eye before the storm yeah the family said demons possessed Ammons and her children then ages seven nine and twelve the kids eyes bulged evil smiles crossed their faces i don't know why that one (laughs) i would never could you look at your kids after that no uh and their voices deepened every time this happened so oh yeah the skeptic said the kids just they were playing that up all of them all the kids were in on it like oh my gosh what's the stupid is it like a spoofy movie where they they have the little Finger the finger, puppet. no, that is one hundred percent in The Shining. Is Danny? Oh, he, yes, veteran. Thank you. Yeah, I knew it was from something. <laughs> yeah, that's real. That is actually in The Shining. Yeah, there we go. So finger puppets. Uh, anyway, the Campbell said the demons. Okay, this one I was like, huh? Campbell, the grandmother, said the demons did not affect her because she was born with protection from evil. I don't know what that means, but like. I'm assuming she it has something to do with the religious. Baptized as a baby, maybe? I get maybe, maybe. 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 Yeah. <laughs> she said she and others like her have a guardian who protects them. Not to be stupid, that just sounds like God. That sounds That's like... That's a weird thing, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm safe. So, th- that might answer your question of, did this happen and then religion came about? Or were they religious and then this happened? Maybe Rosa was religious, and, mm-hmm. and LaToya was not. I don't know. I'm yeah. speculating. I have to burp again. I shouldn't. Why did I drink grape soda while I, I was doing know. this? So Ammons, LaToya, said she felt weak, lightheaded, and warm when she was possessed. Her body shook and she said she felt out of control. Well, yeah. Normally. <laughs> yeah. The youngest boy, then seven, sat in a closet talking to a boy that no one else could see. Oh, again, uh, Amityville. Yeah. Amityville vibes. And the other boy, the older boy, was describing what it felt like to be killed. Oh, as we do. Just casual. So, Campbell, Rose, the grandmother, said one time the seven-year-old flew out of the bathroom as if he had been thrown. And a headboard, headboard once smacked into Ammons' daughter, causing a wound that needed stitches. Oh, like yikes. a whole headboard. I'm also like a whole headboard. So did she get thrown into the headboard or was the headboard like he yeah. The headboard was thrown. <laughs> oh. Like it says a th- wha- headboard once smacked into her daughter's head. So like make of that what you will. That's but like weird. I, that makes it sound like the headboard was in motion, not the child. Yeah. Okay. The 12-year-old would later tell mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she were being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. She said she heard a voice say she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes, which is oddly specific. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as a skeptic. I'm saying that in her favor. Like, why make that up? Right. Some nights were so bad the family slept in a hotel. I do not blame them. Mm-hmm. Finally, in desperation, they went to a family physician, Dr. Jeffrey Onyukwu. Oni- yes. Onyukwu. <laughs> something like that. What? I'm not joking. Okay. Like, I'm going to highlight this word for you. Oh, Lord. I believe you. Onyukwu. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the best I got. Uh, told him what they were going through, hoping he would understand. Oh, now, see, I done touched my my phone the wrong way and it just went away <laughs> let me find where i was oh real quick. my gourd oh for pity's sake 
Well, all you gotta look for is for that name, I guess. So, oh, there it is. The one that's in red. The only word that it can't figure out. <laughs> uh, hoping he would understand. He said it was bizarre. 20 years, I've never seen anything like this. And that they had all passed, like, psychiatric clearance. of, Like you said, they were of sound mind. Everything was cool. But in his medical notes, he wrote delusions of ghost in home and hallucinations. He also wrote history of ghost at home and delusional in his notes. So, like, didn't seem super... Well, because there isn't a rational explanation. So People I... don't understand what they can't under... They can't explain what they don't understand. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's a saying. I just made it up. <laughs> Any hoot. Blah, blah, blah. They did their... Did all the psychiatric stuff and then... Chaos erupted, says the article. Campbell said Ammon's sons cursed this psychiatrist in demonic voices raging at him. Medical staff said the youngest boy was lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. See, And that's according to a DCS report. And that's what I was talking about. And this is where the skeptics, like, it could have been a thing where they looked at just the right moment and he's launched himself backwards into a wall and yeah well and see and this is what sucks like you mentioned uh, like now all of these physical things are happening to the children she lost custody of her children like you said for a year Mm -hmm. uh so they're just seeing these children getting hurt and they're like "Mm, you're a bad mom like let's take these kids away yeah just like thinking what she threw her son at the wall or she hit her daughter in the head with a headboard yeah. Or I, I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, so anyway, boy was thrown at the wall as like without anybody touching him. The boys abruptly passed out and wouldn't come to Campbell uh, added. That's the grandmother. Yeah. Both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I remember she, reading that. She cradled one of the boys in her arms. The mother held the other. Someone from the doctor's office called 911. And so this is at the psychiatrist's. Um, office office yes uh the psychiatrist that i can't say his name said seven or eight police officers and multiple ambulances showed up and he said quote everybody couldn't figure out exactly what was happening and they ended up taking the boys to a the methodist hospital campus in gary Mm -hmm. when they got there the mother was trying to explain them what happened and she wanted to know if she could put olive oil on her sons to like help them and she said the doctors laughed at her and she said they just wouldn't listen and they laughed and she's like i couldn't talk to them so i talked to god like that's really strange that a methodist hospital not that they all obviously all the staff isn't religious but to deny someone a religious act i mean it's not harming them so yeah. why deny them? Yeah, she flat out said they laughed at her when she said, can I put olive oil on my kids? If it's not your religion, it's somebody else's, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'll defend your religion. I mean, if as long as it's not hurting anybody. Right. So, the Ow. boys... So, Sorry, my fingers hurt. Your like, what? My your fingers? fingers? Yes. I told you. Like All I did was... I mean, I did other stuff. But yeah. I mowed the lawn and it just wrecked my hand and I just tried to, like, turn my wrist and I... <laughs> no. Go on. This has nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, the boys woke up in the hospital. The older one acted normal, but the youngest screamed and thrashed and it took five grown men to hold him down. He is nine years old. Or... 
Yeah, no, yeah. sorry, he is seven years seven, old. Okay. Seven years old. It took nine or five grown men to hold him down. So, this is when people started speculating that the mother might have a mental illness. They believed the children were performing for the mother and she was encouraging this behavior. Uh, they, DCS was, they were given a case manager, Valerie Washington. She was asked to handle the investigation. And while she spoke with, here's where the good stuff happens. This DCS person who's just like, oh, the mom's crazy. She's hurting her kids. Uh-huh. Finally gets to see for herself, uh, that that's probably not the case because she's talking to the seven-year-old boy when he started growling with his teeth showing and his eyes rolled back in his head. Oh, okay. So neat. He then locked his hands around his older brother's throat and refused to let go until adults pried his hands open. Uh, Later that evening, Washington registered nurse Willie Lee Walker. That's a rough name for some reason. Uh Uh, To, uh, what? Registered nurse... Oh, brought the boy... A registered nurse. I thought they were saying they registered a nurse. That was dumb. Uh, Brought the two boys into a small exam room for the interview. For an interview. The seven-year-old stared into his brother's eyes and began to growl again. No. Saying, quote, it's time to die in a deep, unnatural voice followed with, I will kill you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It only gets worse. So okay. <laughs> if if they if they're not like if they're thinking this is performative up until this point, possibly fair. I could kind of see that, uh, but not anymore. Uh, while the youngest boy spoke, the older brother started headbutting the grandmother in the stomach, <laughs> and the grandmother grabbed her grandson's hands and started praying. Like, what else are you gonna do in this moment? Uh huh. What happened next, this is, what happened next will shock you, is what this felt like. (laughs) Clickbait. Yeah. What happened next would rattle the witnesses, and to some, it would offer not only evidence, but proof of paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. I feel like some people who know about Demon House know about this particular particular instance. I almost forgot about it, and when I read it, it creeped me out all over again. If you don't know about this, it is documented. There are multiple witnesses, including a DCS case worker. Um, I believe, well, the registered nurse, Mm -hmm. and I think some, uh, you know, officers were in there with them as well. Okay. I believe so. But, here we go. According to Washington's original DCS report, an account corroborated by Walker, the nurse, the nine-year-old had a, quote, weird grin and walked backwards up the wall to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like, that just gave me... Uh, he then flipped over his grandmother landing on his feet. In uh, that whole time, he never let go of his grandma's hand. Okay, so that makes no sense to me. Not Not... I mean, of course, what you're saying is, like, hard to fathom. <laughs> right. But this stupid skeptic... Okay, he is convinced that that was an act... By the grandma and the son. You're telling me that grandma stiff-armed and walked him up the wall and up the ceiling. That is what he said. He said that, because I didn't realize she was holding his hands praying. Um, so you're talking a 60-year-old woman was able to help and, yeah, walk I'm a child. I'm not doubting her strength, but she's not, she's just an average, and by average I mean like 
on the frailer side of average woman Mm -hmm. in like i feel like in stature i doubt it reminds you i think he's thinking of like you know the guys that grab onto the poles and it looks like they're walking upstairs in midair yeah that grandmother did not hold her grandson up like that i'm sorry if you ask him he said it's just a they were able to balance and she helped him walk up the wall i call baloney on that but okay yeah well and then i don't know this could be just like a typo or it could be like they didn't think it was a big deal in typing it up i don't know but this says he never let go of his grandmother's hand singular Uh uh-huh not hands like this sounds silly but if it were both hands i suppose like i could entertain the idea of walking a child up the wall up the ceiling doing a flip and then coming around you like all acrobat style yeah idiot but (laughs) if it was a singular hand this woman did not hold him up no i'm not no no way Mm -hmm. okay so they said quote he walked up the wall flipped over her and stood there uh walker told the star walker is the nurse yeah there's no way he could have done that quote later police asked washington whether the boy had run up the wall as though performing an acrobatic trick no washington told them she said the boy glided backwards on the floor wall and ceiling that is a quote from her that is a quote from the caseworker mm-hmm. saying he glided yeah uh no so it's almost like he didn't even really use his feet he just kind of whooshed back yeah. mm-hmm no but she told police she was scared when it happened and ran out of the room as for walker washington said he ran out with me we didn't know what was going on oh god sorry i just started typing random stuff no (laughs) Uh, we didn't know what was going on no come back (laughs) there it was um blah 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 he ran out of the room with me didn't know oh the guy that ran out was like everybody's gotta go According to Washington's report, they told the doctor what happened. The doctor, who did not believe them, asked the boy to walk up the wall again. Like, just do it again if you could do it once before. Right. And they're like, he can't... He wasn't himself when he did that. He can't do that again. Uh Uh-huh. So, Walker uh, said they previously believed in demons and spirits... Uh, though the boy's behavior had quote some demonic spirit to it but was also the result of a mental illness is what they (laughs) determined like yeah i could see some demonic quote some demonic spirit to it Mm -hmm. but it's just mental illness give or take so yeah so the mother spent the night with her son in the in the hospital it actually happened to be his birthday the next day they all shared a little mini cake like good for them yay uh they celebrated his birthday had this cake and they're like happy birthday your children are being taken away that day her kids were taken away by dcs that sucks she found out that day that her children would not be going home with her and she said it was very frustrating because like they've been going through this together and she's like i feel like we're it's getting better which like on paper i'm sorry miss ammons it does (laughs) not like it's getting does not look like it's getting better no so, yes, yeah, she ended up, you know, recruiting the help of this this priest. She wanted, you know, cleansing done and possible exorcisms done by the Reverend Michael. I said Magano, Magino. It's, I don't think you pronounce the T, so. Yeah, Ma, Ma, I don't think Magano, like Magino sounds better. Spe- French. It sounds French. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, the he spoke to his 
parish and priest and blah, blah, blah. And they actually wanted to do an exorcism on the nine-year-old. He agreed to do an interview with the family to, like, decide on doing this this exorcism. And while they're doing it, lights start flickering in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, of course. Uh, but then when the priest went to go by the light to, like, walk over to see what was going on, the light stopped. Uh-huh. And the priest said, quote, I, it must be scared of me. I'm like, that's pretty, like, bold of you to say. But it's like every time he got near it, the light stopped flickering. Yeah, with the power of God by my side. Yeah, with the power of God and anime. And <laughs> so it's, I don't want to, I don't want to chalk any of this up to silliness. I don't want to doubt these people's stories. But I will say, like, it is, it's not, it wasn't a great looking house. It was a kind of dingy rental. They were already strapped for cash and they could afford this. So you can imagine it's not a great home. Some flickering lights is probably not out of the question. Yeah. So they did really long interview. Sorry, I'm like trying to skin this guys. I, before we started recording, I cut like a third of this article and I'm still just skimming at this point. And it is so long. There's so much to it. Okay, so let's just skip to, they were doing, uh, they were deciding on doing this exorcism. They, like, got a whole thing involved. DCS is still involved. They're now bringing police officers over for each of these exorcisms to, like, make sure nothing goes awry. That's the Austin uh, guy that you talked about, the Gary. I believe he was the Gary. There was a Gary police officer and a Hammond police officer that were both there. They both saw saw all of this happen. See, the thing is, with the police being there and staying there to monitor it, they obviously believed it, in it to an extent to let the exorcism happen. Well, I will say, so they said they asked to join out of, quote, professional curiosity. Okay. I, yeah. So, I mean, I guess they went out of their way to do this. There was a note that, like, they did this off hour, like, off the clock. And I'm like, okay, I work off the clock a lot, too. I'm not asking for a pat on the back. Like... <laughs> Oh, there goes the skeety truck. I say yeah. he's awfully loud this evening. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. If it means there's no more mosquitoes in my yard, go ahead. <laughs> Not going to hurt me any. So uh, they checked out different parts of the house, took them down to the basement where they had set up that altar. Keep in mind now, they've been out of this house. Like, the family has been out of this house. They don't want to be in there anymore. Children are with DCS. The mother is living with some friends in Indianapolis. Like, Mm -hmm. they've all left this house. But the altar was still there. And this priest is, like, leading them through. And he's, like, start looking for signs of satanic stuff, demonic stuff, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, he literally says something like, look for uh, pentagrams on the floor or, like, hidden... Oh my gosh, what does it even say? I can't remember what it said, but basically he's like, just look for, like, signs of demonic stuff hidden in the house. Made them dig in the basement because it was a dirt floor. Uh-huh. And they dug, like, feet deep. And oh. it's it listed, it's like, it found some broken you know plates it said a pair of uh white panties it said like some toy i'm like okay yeah. he was like so desperate to find this you know he wanted a pentagram ritual like so things yeah no there was nothing there sorry about it uh they did salt around the place like salted around the bait like blessed this salt and put it around the the perimeter of the basement to dissuade the demons the 
Oh, for Petey's sake. <laughs> I'm sorry. They, they did all of this. And then the two police officers, the reason why Austin, you did a very quick Austin was like, I'm a believer now. The reason why is because like, they felt like it was a weird presence in the house. But after they left, I know I, a lot of these stories are not happening in the demon house but the point is like these demons seem to be latching onto things and Uh leaving the house with them and that's almost what makes it worse right so these two random police officers who are like i just want to go out of curiosity ended up having things following them especially the gary indiana police officer austin he said that during the interview with the grandmother, one of the officer's audio recorders malfunctioned, and according to according to Austin, the power light flashed to indicate the batteries were dying, even though he had just put fresh batteries in the recorder earlier that day. We've had a situation like that. that. Yeah. Listening back to the audio recordings later, they heard an unknown voice whisper on the count of three. One, two, three. Hey. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, we've been there again Sometimes it's like, hey, is kind of hard to distinguish, especially if people are breathing and whatever. Right. But we've heard enough to know that, like, sometimes you just can't chalk that. Like, you can't just say that was nothing. Right. Like, that was weird. Uh, the officer also took photos in the house. and one of the photos of the basement stairs, there was a cloudy white image in the upper right-hand corner. When he enlarged the photo, the cloud re- appeared to resemble a face and the enlargement also revealed a second green image that was said to look like a woman. Oh. Uh, he also took photos with his iPhone that seemed to have strange silhouettes in them. Okay. Uh, the radio in his police car malfunctioned on the way home. Later, he said the garage at his house refused to open even though the power was on everywhere else. And the driver's seat in his car also started moving started moving forward and backward on its own. Oh. Which, like, a mechanic was like, "You, that's probably not good. You should fix that. He's like, yeah, but why? Uh, yeah, duh. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to swallow a little bit. So, it talks about how they said the kid... Are these kids performative because the child only, like, acts possessed when it's convenient for him kind of thing? Mm-hmm. The... He's like, he started, they go on this weird tangent about, he started asking weird questions like, can I die if I go to space? Can you die if you go to space? I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah. So I had to cut that out. Uh, the daughter also claimed to have seen shadowy figures in the Carolina home. She said twice she went into trances. Uh, the older son said doors would slam. Stuff started moving around psychologist said that the daughter was guarded but did not seem to be experiencing symptoms of psychosis or thought disorder Mm. sorry i'm literally reading this in order too so i feel like another hard part of this article was it jumped back a lot like i'm not sure why we're rehashing this yeah one thing i didn't mention before there what are venetian blinds are those like the up and down ones i feel really dumb oh i think so well, let's find out. That's, I'm pretty sure it's it's not that deep. But point is, <laughs> at one point earlier in the article, I must have cut it. They said something about like stuff was dripping off of the Venetian blinds that in there shouldn't <sighs> have been. Well, that's okay because that came back to haunt them. No pun intended. Ha ha. Uh, 
the it, they said two officers and this caseworker, they all went back again. There were multiple visits to this house. They all went back to check out the house again. And while there, and this is a new, is it a new caseworker? Yeah, a new caseworker is there, I think, because the other one refused to go back because of what happened last time. Right. So this new caseworker, Samantha, is there. The Venetian blinds are, like, dripping again. She t- she said she touched a strange liquid that she saw dripping, said it felt slippery yet sticky between her fingers. Oh. Um. Oh, gosh, I must have jumped, because there it talks about he dug a four-foot-by-three-foot hole in the basement to find demonic symbols, things like that. Mm-hmm. They blessed some salt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, the, Samantha, the caseworker, said that while, while touring this home, while looking for signs of demons, she started, her pinky finger started to tingle and whiten, and she said it felt like it was broken. Oh. So, less than 10 minutes later, she felt like she was having a panic attack, and she's like, I need to go outside. Uh, the mother started complaining of a headache and a shoulder pain. She joined the caseworker outside. The and this police officer and police officers are supposed to stick around for like the scary stuff. Right. I don't know why they like highlighted he's been shot at, investigated murders, essay stuff, armed robberies. Mm-hmm. Uh, said he would not stay in that house past dark. Oh, so he left when it got dark. Peace out. Yeah. See, blah, seal the room. Uh, so, oh, they poured oil. The stuff dripping from the blinds again. Here we go. On the main floor, they noticed an oil-like substance dripping from the Venetian blinds in a bedroom. Couldn't figure out where it was coming from. To make sure that the mother and grandmother hadn't poured oil on the blinds, which was smart because they had done that to bless the home. Right. They wiped the Venetian blinds off. They cleaned them off from all the sticky stuff. And they sealed the room off for 25 minutes and would not allow anyone to go into this room. Well, I know I'm like, this seems really intense, but that's okay, because when they reopened the room, walked back in, the oil had reappeared on the blinds. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Venetian blinds are not vertical. What are they? It's just how they're made, I guess. They don't have, I don't know, it's dumb. Well, that just ruined my whole imagery. I was picturing up and down blinds. No, no, it's like you're looking at them. (laughs) Okay. Well... Oh my gosh, sorry, there's just so much. They did three exorcisms, two in English, one in Latin, because you really gotta go for good measure. (laughs) Uh, The caseworker is still around for these, said it felt like someone was in the room with you, breathing down your neck. Oh, also, this poor... Caseworkers were really getting it hard, so, like, this new Samantha caseworker has been around for this stuff, and she apparently after entering the home, had a string of medical problems. No. Including, uh, a week after visiting, she said she got a third-degree burn from a motorcycle, which, like, that could just be accident-prone. Right. Within 30 days, she also broke three ribs jet skiing, accident-prone, broke a hand when she hit a table, and then broke her ankle while running in flip-flops. She's (laughs) accident-prone. I'm like... It does just sound like accident prone, but also, like, if this stuff hadn't happened to her before, like, why now? Yeah. So, I don't, I don't want to say that's necessarily demonic or a spirit or anything, but, like, something obviously messed her up. Uh, and then... 
oh, they were, like, trying to figure out, they're like, hey, uh, what's her name? Holy cow, the mom that I've been talking about this entire, Latoya, (laughs) yes, they're like, look up some names of demons to figure out who you think is, you know, possessing you based on the, the things that are happening to you. Uh Surprise, surprise, one of the main ones you came up with was Beelzebub, Beelzebub. yeah, because of the flies. There was also, she said there were also high-ranking demons that were assigned to her, including lieutenants and sergeants. What? Yeah. So, like, they just got all this stuff together. He's like, give me the list of names so I can start to get them out of you. Every time he, or he would, like, put crosses next to her and she would start convulsing, the more he would, you know, call the demons out, the more she was convulsing, like, even without touching her with anything. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, she tried to pray with him until it became too painful. She said it felt like something inside of her was trying to hold on and inflict pain at the same time. She said it was different from natural pain, but felt as intense as giving birth. Oh. She said she was hurting from the inside out. She was trying her best to be strong, but eventually fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> And these, like, took hours. Hours. And I'm not gonna lie, like... I'd probably fall asleep, too. And this, there are a couple things where I'm like, I feel like you guys are being silly. But the preacher was like, this is just, this is the demon's way of trying to make it harder for us to get them out of her because now they're not paying attention. I'm like, no, she's tired. It's been a long day. Right. He literally said, this is just their way of making it harder on me to, uh, to get the demons out. So... I, I don't know. They also, I guess he had to go on a retreat in the middle of the, like, the time frame is so wild. He did three, but before the Latin exorcism, he's like, hey, I got a retreat I got to go on. So, like, write down, <laughs> write down the name of this demon. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. He's Here's like, your homework while I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, he's like, write down the name of this demon. Give it to the lady and give it to this lady. She'll keep an eye on it for you. Let her know if you start to feel weirder, weird or anything, and she'll take care of that demon for you. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, and straight up, she, like, messaged her and was like, hey, I'm, like, feeling headachy and weird. I think it's a demon. And she said, I got you, fam. So she burned the envelope and took the ashes and did something with them. She's like, it's gone. And after all of this, that's what did it. What? They did the Latin exorcism. Or so I think they no, I'm sorry. They did do the Latin exorcism first, and then she's like, "Hey, I'm still feeling headachy," and she's like, "I got you." Burnt that envelope. To, oh, took the church, the ashes to a church bonfire to burn the ashes there, <laughs> and then suddenly, it all stopped. The nightmares stopped. Weird. The final exorcism was in June of 2012. Uh braided the demons in latin rather than english the police office oh gosh here's where i believe this whole thing but there are a few things i'm skeptical of i will say and this is one of them like this whole time it's been bad thing after bad thing this last one it was just her and the preacher as far as i know no uh officers were in attendance for this last ritual for this last uh exorcism Mm -hmm. and that's the one that worked I don't know. I hate to say that, but you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, he did the thing in Latin. She calmed down. She started praying with him. He said his words of thanksgiving, and she and her mother drove back to Indianapolis, where they say they now live without fear. So, like, it just, it it was like, 
very big and then suddenly he's like, I'm going to do a couple exorcisms, take a break, do another one. You're good to go. It feels like it like fizzled out. Not that, it, not that I'm mad that it fizzled out. Right. Um, but that's pretty much, sorry, I feel like I was really rolling towards the end there. It's just, I sk- there's still even that much more to go. I skipped a lot. Oh, no. If we're being honest, yeah. And that was even skipping the stuff that you talked about. So, really creepy stuff, though. The the walking up the wall to the ceiling and doing a whole flip acrobat style. <laughs> yeah. Gliding, if you will. Like Mary Lou Retton. And, like, explaining... <laughs> Just... <laughs> explaining as a child what it feels like to die to be killed not even to die oh yeah and like hearing hearing things talk to you and have like i don't know just the creaking door the wet footprints found in the house when nobody was in the house and did not have boots on like the creepy smiles on the kids faces (laughs) yes and the fact that like police officers saw it dcs workers saw it it's in their report it is literally mm-hmm. in their reports like it is a physical thing that happened yeah the my note said 800 pages it's an 800 page report yeah or over 800 page report yeah zach beggins who like laugh if you want has a lot of experience purchased this house and promptly destroyed it because he felt it was such a danger <laughs> yeah like Okay. Yeah, there's a lot happening with this house. Um and unfortunately, yeah, it can't we can't visit it because it's gone. So that's I think gonna cover it. It's I know, just... believe it or not, folks, we skimmed so so much. So there is plenty to there are interviews to watch if you want or to read if you want you can go check out i don't know if ghost adventures they did i can't remember if they actually did an episode at the house or not no i think zach did a one-off like a one episode or a movie about it so you could check that out it's i was curious i meant to but i kind of ran out of time i wanted to see the problem is in that whole, well, not, it's not a problem. In that whole article, the kids' names were omitted uh-huh. because she didn't want them to have that kind of attention. So, and that kind of, like, is the other thing. If if they were doing it for the attention, don't you think they would provide names? She's like, I don't want people to know who my children are. I'm trying to keep their privacy. Right. And that doesn't really fit the bill. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like I talked for a long time. You're good. Goodness gracious. And it did, it definitely resembled Amityville House in a lot of aspects, which a lot of people believe that Amityville was BS. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I don't know. I guess take it for what you will. Yeah. I don't know. And this isn't, there's, I don't even know if anything got put in the house's place. Probably not. If Zach Bagan still owns the property. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I want to say I doubt it, but I don't know. I mean, I guess if you want to take a trip to Gary and drive (laughs) down that street and take a look at an empty lot, sure, go for it. I mean, don't drive, don't take a car, because your odds are pretty bad there. (laughs) Yes. I know I made light of the, the crime situation, but, you know, you 
you gotta laugh sometimes to get through it. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> just that dark humor, I guess. Yeah. But that's probably gonna <sighs> wrap up our two-year anniversary episode. I know. We're both, I'm like physically tired from telling this story. It was a lot. A lot of stuff to look through. Just not a lot of history on the house itself. I guess it, because I it was just look deeper like library archives things like that maybe right. i feel like you would find well i did see that they did note that nothing ever happened before the ammon family that they're aware of and nothing had happened after the fact either other right. than when zach got a hold of it yes like no other tenants complained about anything which was also kind of amityville right yeah yeah so i don't know but that's gonna end this episode and next week is the first of the month oh yeah which means you the get the first of september oh my yes. gosh yeah <laughs> which means that's you'll gross. get a place that we've actually investigated so Mm-hmm. hopefully some cooler weather looking Exciting. forward to it <laughs> actually it's been pretty nice recently nice like it's in the 80s right now not like the 90s 80s well i wake up in the morning and it's kind of chilly so yeah. i like that yeah I, I don't know okay gosh i'm ready for a nap the Me little too. sleep not the big sleep yet just Ooh, the little sleep goodness that dark humor again there we go oh you gotta you gotta laugh sometimes <laughs> god. oh my god all right well we'll see you guys next week and uh for wherever we're investigating we'll let <laughs> you know when we get there. Even us. <laughs> we'll let you know when we get there yeah all, all right okay right. bye Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsotheysaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsotheysaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We, and the algorithms, will thank you for it. See See you next week. week.